You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for August 23rd, 2020, the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by Rob Schwartz. It's based on Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Rob Schwartz. I'm the administrative coordinator here at St. Mark's. And I'm also a seminarian on the path to ordained ministry in the United Church of Christ. There's been a running joke since I first started on the staff that Father Peter's slowly trying to uh, convert me to an Episcopalian. Considering the fact that I'm now here preaching in front of you, I'm beginning to think Reverend Elizabeth and Father Justin may be in on this as well. In fact, it's even at the point now where most of the staff has begun calling me Father Schwartz. But who knows, maybe being a pastor with a common Jewish last name will let me do some sort of interfaith work. You know, whether you need a baptism or a bris, come see Reverend Schwartz. I think there's something fun about the names we give people, the names we use for people, especially when it's kids doing the naming. My uh, little cousin, for example, used to call my grandmother Magu her whole life. It started when my aunt tried telling her, say grandma, grandma. And my cousin's reply was, Magu, Magu. And the name just stuck. My nephew, when he was uh, just beginning to speak, decided he would call my dad, his grandfather, Baka. Now, the Star Wars fan in me loved this name because it made me think of the popular Star Wars character, Chewbacca. However, when my dad was on a trip in Japan, he realized that name has a very different meaning overseas. You see, it turns out that Baka is the most common Japanese swear word and usually translates to foolish or stupid. Well, let's look to today's scripture reading, where there is an awful lot of naming going on. In the reading from Exodus, we hear the beginning of Moses' story, where his mother sends him down the river in a basket, desperate to save him from Pharaoh's decree to toss every newborn Hebrew child into the river. Now, the basket makes its way down the Nile and arrives in front of Pharaoh's daughter, who takes pity on Moses and ultimately raises him as her own. She gives him the name Moses, which means drawn out, because she drew him out of the water. The name he would carry throughout his entire life would symbolize the circumstances in which this life began. In today's Gospel reading, Jesus asks the disciples who people are calling him and what they're saying about him. It seems most people they've encountered consider Jesus to be some sort of prophet. Perhaps John the Baptist, maybe Elijah, maybe Jeremiah, or one of the others. A lot of names are tossed around as folks try to figure out who Jesus is. Earlier this month, Reverend Susan File preached about the renaming of Jacob, who found himself in a long wrestling match with God or an angel which led to his new name, Israel, meaning struggles with God. Look at St. Paul, a man who can be distinctly identified 
by the two names he went by. There was his life as Saul, where he persecuted Christians and became a fierce opponent of the early church. And there was his life as Paul, where his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus turned him into a fierce evangelist for Christ and one of the biggest proponents of the early church. So there's some, certainly something powerful and affirming about naming and the names we give people. It's why parents often put a lot of thought into what they're going to name their children. But names can also work the other way and cause harm. When I was in elementary school, there was a girl in my class named Artie. Now, Artie is a beautiful name, which is based on a Hindu ritual for offering light to the gods. It also ties into a traditional Hindu song, which is sung and performed to develop the highest love for God. But as a child, I didn't wonder about the meaning of her name. I just knew it sounded strange to me. Now, I decided to give her the nickname Artie Farty. Before long, other kids in the class joined in on this teasing. Now, some of you out there might dismiss this as childish behavior. Others would say it's downright cruel. Either way, it was wrong, and it came with consequences. I eventually moved to another part of town, and Artie and I lost contact until years later when we were in high school. And I heard her announced, except now she went by a different name, Ashley, a far more Americanized name that was less likely to be picked on. I don't know what part I played in that, but I've carried the guilt and shame of my actions ever since that day. And I've never forgotten how powerful words can be. Let's return to today's gospel reading, which presents us with two final instances of naming. After Jesus has asked the disciples who people say he is, he wants to hear it from them. He wants to hear what his closest followers and friends are labeling him, who they say he is. Only Simon speaks up. Simon says, you are the Messiah the Son of the living God. Jesus commends him for this, telling Simon that God must have helped him since no living person, no other person could have. I'd like to stick a pin in Simon's answer here because it's going to play a big part momentarily. But for now, let's focus on what happens next. Throughout this gospel, we're told that Simon is also called Peter. And it's in this exchange with Jesus that we understand the context of that nickname. Jesus tells him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. There's certainly some wordplay here, looking at the translation of Peter, Petros, and rock, Petra. But it's... Is Jesus really trying to insinuate that someone like Peter could be any kind of a strong, dependable rock? Any kind of a foundation to build a movement on? Just a few weeks ago, we heard about 
Peter's uncertainty when he, heard, when, he, when he saw Jesus walking on water. In the verses that follow today's passage, which we'll hear next week, Peter argues against the news that Jesus will suffer and die before being raised on the third day. Jesus even calls him a stumbling block. This is the same Peter who we know will deny Jesus three times after his arrest. This is your sturdy rock, Jesus? But it got me thinking. I once heard about a woman who constantly referred to her children as her little monsters or her little terrors. And that's exactly the label they lived into. I mean, why should they think they were anything else than what they'd been called? Thinking more broadly, just last year when St. Mark's held its New Canaan dinners, a series of courageous conversations around race, someone mentioned the way we lock people into labels and how we lock them in and those labels we give them based on their circumstances. For example, people who have been enslaved become slaves. Undocumented immigrants become illegals. People who have committed a felony become felons, even after they have served their time. By how we name these people, we define who they are. And this keeps us from seeing them as anything but those labels. So did Jesus really misname Simon when he called him Peter, the rock? Or did Jesus look beyond his character flaws and recognize that deep down, Peter understood the significance of who Jesus was? What if Jesus was actually giving him a name that revealed the potential he saw deep down? Because if we look beyond Peter's initial missteps and misunderstandings, he does grow into someone who becomes a rock, who helps build Christ's church. Words can build people up, and they can tear people down, and they can help reveal and live into people's greatest potential. And this isn't some special power that only folks in the Bible have. It's something that each of us possess, and we've been using it for years, whether we realize it or not. So we should ask ourselves, how have I been using this power? That's merely a question for self-reflection, because up to this point, we can claim we didn't know any better. But now that we're talking, we can't claim ignorance any longer. And so now we have to consciously ask ourselves, how will I decide to use this power going forward? Amen. Find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.